start like singing and <laughs> whatever that song was, sure. <laughs> oh, I, I get what you're saying here, but I don't know the song. So, I, I, if. If that's just the beginning of our episode, <laughs> welcome to Filmside Chats. I'm Chris Dillard. I don't I'd like. I'm Patrick Foster. That's right. My co-host Patrick Foster is also now substituting for our intro music. So on the mouth harp. The the mouth harp. Did you actually have a mouth harp on you though? Or are you just humming? Uh, no, I, I wish I did. Yeah, I mean that would be that'd be fancy if you just carried around a mouth harp with you like all the time. Yeah. Well. I mean, I could because it is the pocket instrument that lets you everyone know that you are just a classy gentleman. That's right. The, the, I mean, the pocket instrument that keeps on giving is what I thought you were gonna mm-hmm. say, and I'm like, no, don't don't give those out. That's a bad <laughs> gift. Man, I'm big at birthdays. Right? <laughs> yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Entertainment, one man show over here. Much like a clown, I am big. Yes, that's right. So we are on the third episode of Filmside Chats. This is a middle of the week episode since I'm uh, a little busy this weekend with my brother's wedding, who Patrick has met um, Mm -hmm. at my wedding. Yeah, he gets by. He gets by. Um, So we're going to record it in the middle of the week here. That's fine. So I'd like to start this episode off a little bit of news. Um, I actually have it in my notes here, news, but Patrick, you brought some news up just a minute ago before we started recording um, about a companion TV series. Oh, right. Yeah, for The Dark Tower. Um, uh, obviously, we talked about that property last week, mm-hmm. uh, about movies that we are excited for. So, um, you know a lot more information about the article. I just saw the headline, so Right, so you, you've read The Dark Tower? No. Okay, no, okay. so no, we, we both haven't read The Dark Tower, did, so we but, are horrible right. experts at The Dark Tower. Um, <laughs> That's right. The, just the worst. So The Dark Tower is a movie coming out, I believe, next year. They're filming it right now. It's got Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey uh, in it. And they're actually filming, or they're scheduled to film, a companion TV series to the movie based on the fourth book in that called um, The Magician in Glass. I think, or something like that. Um, so this companion TV series, I don't know when the exact release date will be. It's on Stars, and it's going to actually air like while it's going on. I think like, the movie comes out, and then this TV series will air. So that's, I think that's okay. really that's. I mean, that's a little bit of a new concept. I think, at least to me. I mean, I again, my comic book background tells me Marvel and Agents of Shield, and in their Netflix series, they all kind of run together. But I don't think it's ever run that closely together where the lead of the film is actually the lead of the TV series. How, refresh my memory. How did they do the Star Wars, the animated um, Oh, the Clone Wars? Um, so the Clone Wars, um, they didn't actually use any of the same talent except, I think, for C-3PO and um, maybe Emperor Palpatine, but it just takes place during the, the Clone Wars, like in between episodes two and three. It was like a filler Okay. But I think the thing is, I mean, that that's easy. They didn't use it like oh, uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen didn't do any of the voices, like so they they got filler. So I think the the big takeaway from this is getting those actors, those I mean, big actors, Idris Elba. Like people want him as James Bond. I don't I don't think he fits that role personally. But it bringing those actors in from the move the movie and say, hey, do a TV series. That, I think that's really cool. I think that's, that's groundbreaking. 
Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole <laughs> we could all have a whole conversation about Idris Elba, thumbs up or thumbs down as as Bond, but we won't get into that one. But yeah, I I like the uh, I like the idea of the the TV series rolling into the or the one of the way the film rolling into the TV series. Yeah, and then I think I mean even then I think there may be other other ways to take that even farther. Maybe another movie afterwards, like a sequel. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm going to have to read the dark tower series. It sounds like it's really, really, um, you know, big popular. Yeah. If you will. It's kind of funny though, because there are certain, there are certain actors that I just, I don't really picture being in, um, you know, like follow-up movies, like they like to do one and move on from that movie. But I suppose, uh, the, the money, I mean, can be really convincing. Uh, it, I mean, it's worked for the Marvel actors that, you know, some of those, um, people, individuals, I never thought that they would, um, be the sort that would follow up in a, in a series like that. Like, uh, Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. just never seemed like a, a series sort of actor to me, like doing the sequels and, that sort of stuff but they they managed to get a lot of people like that to to sign on to these larger projects so yeah if if the if the dark tower is successful and and uh the franchise they want they want to continue it um it can definitely be Mm -hmm. a um a very like a character that these people are known uh these actors are known for throughout the, the remainder of their careers so um definitely definitely worth uh trying out and yeah. seeing if this sort of thing catches on. Yeah, so, I mean, the, I think the, the biggest thing that I, I read in the article is that um, Sony Pictures have committed to not just doing the pilot. They're actually ready for the 10 to 13 episodes. They've put the money, like, you get 10 to 13 depending on, on how many you actually write. So, like, they're behind this full-fledged without even something going on. So I, that's all the confidence in the TV show. Um, so th- those will air... In 2017, so, um, but they well they haven't. Uh, so oh, go ahead. so the movie is February second, I think. No, February seventeenth of 2017, and the um, that's that's at least what I think. And the actual TV show is filming in 2017 to be released 2018. Oh, okay, okay. So that like around the same time that the movie becomes available on cable or streaming services is what they're kind of shooting for. I see. I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a little again, it's a little different, but I, again, I think you're right like in the Marvel stuff like, you know, they didn't bring Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans to the TV show. Um, but they do get occasional appearances by Samuel L. Jackson or or somebody else. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm glad you you pointed out and brought that up. I think that's uh, something we can definitely cover later on in in another episode all by itself. Along with Idris Elba. Yes pros and cons to being a bond i think i think we should have that combined with leslie nielsen pros and cons of being a james bond as well <laughs> if he would have had that chance <laughs> oh my gosh i i would i would watch that movie in theaters a dozen times yeah yeah well well we'll never get that but it, it's good to dream it's fun to dream yep. Right. So have you, we've only, I mean, we recorded like, what, four days ago, if that. Um, yeah. Have you had a chance to watch anything yet? I know you're traveling on the road. I just want to make sure I ask um, on the air. You know, I I haven't. I haven't watched That's okay. anything it's the, middle, the it's, last couple days. It's hard to watch movies in the middle of the week for anybody, honestly, even, even for me. Uh, weekends are usually where I get those more than, you know, 40-minute time slots to actually do something. 
Um, but I got to watch two movies I told you about. One of them makes me think of you because I think you were the only person who was like, I'm mildly interested in this, was Warcraft, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you you played World of Warcraft, I, I believe. At- I do. I did. I do. You, you do? Okay. I never have. I played the original Warcraft, so I have I have a little bit of Warcraft, regular Warcraft in me. But okay. I didn't play this, and I, I've got to tell you, if you thought about watching this movie, Patrick, you may get something out of it because you've played the game, but as a non-World of Warcraft gamer, I got nothing out of it. Not impressed. Not impressed. Honestly, like, there is... As a movie as a whole... It's kind of just disappointing towards the end, like the last. Oh, yeah. The last. Oh, they had no. They had no idea how to wrap that thing up. Yeah. Did you see it then? Yes, I've seen. Okay, it. Okay, I was under the impression you hadn't seen it. Okay, never mind. No, we can it. talk about it. A little bit of spoilers on Warcraft. The last third of that movie, they just kill everybody. Who who can die? <laughs> we're gonna kill you. And there's it doesn't end on a happy note. Not that I need a happy ending. It just ends on a really weird note. Uh, and. I don't know the seed like I didn't I thought the orcs were gonna bother me how they looked they didn't end up bothering me that bad a little bit of wee CGI at points Ben Foster is not a convincing mage no matter no no matter what movie you put him in Ben Foster how does he keep getting work I you know I I asked myself that question after watching this movie as well yeah um yeah it, his his performance was was pretty terrible really. I was not impressed with most of the humans. I like the voice acting of the orcs mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, I mean they they did they did they did good. They did well. They they didn't take me out of the movie at any point in time. I think, um, which was impressive. Um, but you know, at, at the same time, you know, we got. I, I don't even know, man. Like the main actor, who I guess he's in Vikings. I couldn't act his way out of a paper bag if that paper bag was damp. So. I don't know. I just didn't buy him. He just very wooden, very wooden. They yeah. they tried to sell his relationship between him and his son. I didn't. I didn't buy any of it. So, I don't know. The, I mean, plot wise, and the, what I really didn't understand about the film, um, that I mean, a lot of people were kind of questioning after going to the theater. Uh, a lot of fans of the series were questioning. There were there were moments and times in the movie where you were like. Um, you're excited about uh, different elements of the lore that the the film was going to touch on, or uh, that you know possible subsequent movies in the series would would touch on if the movie was a success. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, it, you wondered why uh, Blizzard took so long to make this movie because I mean, I remember a long time ago when I was playing world of warcraft you know six seven years ago where the there would be rumors uh, about a warcraft movie that was going to get made and then it would be dropped and then it would come up again and then finally and it ended up getting made obviously but the um for it to have taken so long and then Blizzard, I assume, had you know final say over a lot of the plot points and the elements in the movie, mm-hmm. and for it to just change the lore um, in certain areas that were just confusing or unnecessary, um, I I don't really get. And I mean, they're they're good at, at creating universes, and this this film just did not do that. And I think Duncan Jones is good at 
creating universes, especially um, sci-fi yeah. uh, sort of movies. I guess this is based on existing property, so it's slightly different. But well, right, um, they should have like you know, like I mean, I I want to use Halo as example. We talked about them last week. They have a like a story bible, is what they call it, that contains the history and the future and all the stories and dates and times within the Halo universe. And, like, they're able to pull that up at any second and use those. And I, it feels like you're saying that they have this for Blizzard in the Warcraft universe, but they didn't use any of it. They just kind of like, this doesn't work, let's change it kind of deal. Right. I, I thought that the, the point in taking so long to make this movie was to expand the canon of World of Warcraft mm-hmm. or of Warcraft rather than to make the movie, get some money for it, and then tell... Uh, fans of of your property oh that that element of the story is not canon so don't worry about that you know instead of embracing it fully so that part was really confusing to me i i know after saying all of this negative stuff about it um i know this is going to sound weird but i want to see a sequel and i would go watch a sequel um which (laughs) i think in many ways has a lot to do with uh what we're getting ready to discuss our mm. larger topic of the day. Yes, at the end of the at the end of the day, Warcraft is the highest grossing video game adaptation I've ever made, which is kind of sad. Yeah, because um, video game adaptations aren't that good. The last one was Prince of Persia, and we actually have Assassin's Creed coming out later this year, which I am looking forward to. Uh, yep, but it won't it won't get half the money that World of Warcraft. Yes, yeah, it's definitely definitely hitting those foreign markets up pretty well. They also got to watch another movie uh, called Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I have not seen it. Okay. So it's essentially if the Lonely Island guys got together and made a, a mockumentary about a pop star group, that, a boy band group that broke up, kind of like the BC Boys, and then like how one of them became popular, one went to be a recluse, and the other one's like a DJ kind of thing. So... Um, very a lot of comedians in this a lot of modern comedians very hilarious movie i didn't think i'd laugh nearly as much as i did um i I, again i'd liken it to a very modern um uh this is uh what's that movie oh my gosh this is spinal tap so oh right so i thought this is is very smart for its time very great this is taking you know pop music and and applying that to it and still coming out funny with some songs that are very lonely, you can tell it's lonely. I think guys, but I mean, still, uh, definitely, I think definitely a sleeper, sleeper comedy of of the summer. So, um, if you get a chance to watch it, it's not horrible. That's kind of what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> All right. So, oh, just to, just to put some numbers to what we were talking about before, the domestic gross for Warcraft was only forty seven million. It's forty seven in, international. Forty-seven million. Oh, its international its international gross was four hundred and thirty-three million. So it did ten times more everywhere else. Yes. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, not not well, ten times more total. Right. Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. So that's yep. that's pretty sad because normally yeah. North America is twenty percent of the the market there, and yeah, man, rough on Warcraft. Maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a stripped down sequel. I'd watch the stripped down version, like take all the. It'll be a sequel. It'll be a sequel that's financed out of China. Yes, well, pretty pretty much. Uh, I mean, what South Korea? They they play a lot of StarCraft there, which is another Blizzard property. Now, a StarCraft movie, uh, I'd yes. watch. I'd watch. You'd watch the StarCraft. I'm a sci-fi person, not not much of a fantasy person. 
Okay. I don't I don't I don't dig on Game of Thrones, but I like me some Star Wars. That makes no sense. I I continue. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to call yourself out on that one. Well, you caught me. I did. I did. I finally did it. <laughs> so, um I think this uh let's just jump into this episode here. Um the we want I wanted to I wanted to talk about the state of film 2016. However, that's very generic. And then the year's not quite over yet. We have a, a good quarter left, if if not more. So I want to we want to talk a, a little bit about tent poles and blockbuster movies, and maybe how it's kind of affecting what we're watching right now. If that makes any sense, if that's what you prepared for, Patrick. If not, you tell me, yes. and we'll talk on it. Um, I I kind of I I took it from a a different sort of different perspective, but I think kind of the same sort of route. It's that um, you know, yes, are tent poles or blockbuster films hurting film in general? Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I found myself trying to drift more, or not trying to drift, but being pulled towards uh, the money aspect. Um, like I creatively, I I I don't know how we gauge that. Um, I I had a tough time you know uh wrapping my head around that but the the money side of it i thought was a little bit more a little bit more easy to focus on Mm -hmm. and and that seems where a lot of this conversation goes to anyway so um i wanted to do our version of of tackling uh that conversation i suppose okay yeah so Let's 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 break it down here. I have some definitions I actually saved earlier uh, this week about what a blockbuster is and what a tentpole movie is, and and what that kind of means. So you care if I we'll go through them one at a time? Let's do it. All right. So first off, I'm going to talk about actually a a third category called breakout hits. A breakout hit is a low budget movie that returns a profit. So first thing that comes to mind this year for me. Is Deadpool? I think it shot for seventy million and made, you know, almost seven hundred million. So that is what we call a breakout hit. But we may kind of run into that more. I mean, some people may consider that a blockbuster. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it was definitely a risky move for that movie. Um, but I can't think of any other breakout hits this year. Can you? Um. Let's see. I mean, Deadpool is going to be the best possible mm-hmm. um, example of that uh, because, I mean, it was produced by 20th Century Fox, which I believe that is Fox's, like, uh, their quote-unquote indie label. or No, no, it's not. Never mind. That's uh, Fox Searchlight. Fox Searchlight, yeah. Um, 20th Century Fox. I yeah. mean, it's, it was produced under the same label That's, as the, the regular X-Men movies. Right, right. But right. it was a, um, an R in, film, which is is just ballsy. So yeah, it was an R-rated film that was the seventh highest highest grossing movie so far this year. Um, and in all likelihood, that those numbers will stand, um, or at least be pretty close. So yeah, it it, it was shot for sixty million, and it made seven hundred and eighty-two million worldwide. Yeah, I mean that's this this huge you know a ratio of that 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 ratios ginormous um yeah and i, and I you are not gonna find a better example yeah i mean i i think so i don't think any other movie i mean i i'm using box office mojo for numbers i don't know what you use probably the same maybe maybe not 
Um, uh, no, but okay, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. So nothing else on this list in the top twenty-five strikes me as um, you know something that was made for a low budget and then made a lot more. A lot of these yeah, look I'm like they have looking, large. A lot of them look like they have large budgets. I'm looking at film uh, a film list that that breaks movies down, uh, primarily based on their budget, and then ranks their uh, and then shows what they made um, internationally and domestically. Um, so it primarily goes by the budget. Okay. First, and then, um, and then ranks the other items, but. Um, yeah, so as far as uh, then breakout, uh, another, I guess, breakout hit that uh, in terms of uh, awards, um, uh, the most r- recent example uh, that I found online was uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. Uh, it was made for a production budget of only $15 million. Uh, it earned $377 million on the U.S. box office. Uh, I do not have the international box office for that yet. Um, and obviously it won best picture. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. get much better than that so, either. So, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and throw a disc there. It's hard to say a lot of these budgets cause a lot of studios don't release the official budgets. Right. Uh, we kind of just kind of have to go on estimations and maybe some leaked information. So it, it's very hard to gauge that, but I mean, you get the idea if they were made cheaply. I mean, I think, um, Josh Trank's first film, um, the found footage movie, Chronicle, low budget, ended up making a lot of money, uh, kind of deal. So y- you get the idea. Those are those are breakout hits, and we didn't have a lot this year. I think Deadpool is the the one this year for us. Um, and kind of moving into it, let, I want to talk about blockbusters. Now this is kind of maybe I saw a lot. I saw a lot of blockbusters this year. It's it's shameful. It's very shameful how many I saw. <laughs> so these refer to studio movies that are large in scope, budget, and theatrical distribution. You see them everywhere. Um, studios want to generate between two and three times its production budget to be called a success, quote unquote. And you know, despite the creative accounting studios, how many times? I'm sorry, two to three times. Two to three times. Okay. Because again, um, not only is there a production budget, there's a marketing budget, so on and so forth. Um, blockbuster movies are safe bets. They generally return a profit to their investors. Like, you know, you put out a, a movie with Marvel or DC or Harry Potter or Star Wars, you're going to make money off of it, right? Like, you got to really goof it up to not make some money. Um, and in this term, Blockbuster actually comes from World War II and relates to widespread bombing for maximum impact, which I didn't know till today. So that okay. that's cool. For I was, I, I'd always wonder, like, how do they make this up? Like, what, what does Blockbusting mean? Well, uh, it's... It's got to do with bombing, but technically not in the bombing in the way we would use to describe a movie. Sure. So uh, the success of these may or may not be expected, but it's just a function of the marketplace. And this is where you were kind of talking about money, right? Like, yes. blockbuster movies are guaranteed ways to generally return an investment, uh, which are different, than, I think, than tentpole movies, but... Blockbuster movies can fail, I think. Like, I'm going to use Warcraft as an example. I think Warcraft was not a, a cheap movie to make. It couldn't have been. Um, the estimated budget, I guess, was $160 million, But, you know, in, in America, I mean, overall, it didn't do very well. Yeah, but, I mean, internationally, yeah. it still made th- over three times... 
or no, uh, about the, three times, not quite three times of what its yeah. budget was. So it's not it's not necessarily a failure. Um, I I was able to find um, some better examples. Yeah, of, you go on. Of a failure. Uh, the Lone Ranger came out in 2013. Okay. Uh, its production budget was 275 million approximately, and its worldwide gross was 260 million. Wow. Um, John Carter. Uh, similarly, yes. it was around 275 to 300 million, <laughs> and it only made 282. Um, um, both of these Disney films, by the way, just to just to point that out. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. So those are, those are two that I found within the in the past uh, few years here. Uh, Superman Returns. It, it did make a little bit of money, but not nearly what they their goal would be. Uh, it, they spent about 250 million. It um, and it. It's gross international gross was 374 okay so i mean some some comparably i guess low numbers than what their expected returns are but to, kind of to your point as i'm scrolling through this list you know those are those are three movies mm-hmm. i um uh, i am down to number 42 on this list of uh highest budgets in the history of film okay and that, those are the only three movies that we found, and two of the only two of them lost money. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm I'm through the top forty, and only two movies lost money. Now these production budgets, like you said, the numbers are kind of iffy, and then also in a lot of cases they do not include advertising, which. Um, you know, who knows how much they're gonna ha- that could be. They're going to have a lot of advertising for for that for those big movies. They want to sell tickets. Like typically global blockbusters are 100 million plus on marketing for yes, for global so, global advertising. So the, the the rule I usually go by is take its production budget and double it. That's usually what I consider the marketing budget to be. Um and that's I don't know where I heard that rule at. I heard it somewhere, and that's just kind of what I've always gone with. So um, I I don't know. I there's this year I haven't seen a lot. Uh, ben Hur I think was the biggest one this year to me. Um, it was a production budget of an estimated 100 million and only made 82 million back. Um, okay. And but who was really begging for a Ben Hur remake? Um, not me, at least. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just. I was, but very, very quietly. Well, you're you're a special kind of person. <laughs> uh, but it's it's kind of funny just looking at this list. Also, like it takes me back to other like horror movies tend to be the biggest like breakthrough movies. Uh, the Blair Witch, The Purge, you know those movies. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just blockbusters to me. I, I a lot of them now are to me are, are superhero movies. We see a lot of those. Um, or I guess reboots or, or sequels. Absolutely. Uh, sequels and reboots yeah. are uh, a lot. So the, you know, the top 10 movies so mm-hmm. far this year, um, I mean, X-Men Apocalypse is number 10. Sequel. sequel. And a superhero um, movie. Yes. Suicide Squad was number eight. That's not a sequel, um, uh, no, but it is a superhero movie. Yep. Deadpool is number seven. Yep, that's technically uh, a sequel. Since, yep, Secret Secret Life of Pets is number six. I'm glad that was a, that um, was a good movie. If you remember me talking about last week, Batman <laughs> versus Superman number five. Yep, finding uh, which is 
a sequel and a superhero movie. Finding Dory, a sequel, yep. number four. The, jo- the Jungle Book, uh, kind of a reboot, number three. Uh, <laughs> Zootopia, number two. It's an original one. Finally an original one here. Yeah, but if you notice one thing about the original one, similarly to, uh, or similar to uh, horror movies, original animated films seem to make a lot of money mm-hmm. on their budget. They don't have to pay for as much uh, in terms of talent. You can create a whole set then, with the same cost as if you wanted to create a thing without a set because it's all, it's all right. CG. So yeah. And animation is is getting uh, less expensive, less difficult to do, especially if you have uh, existing assets or an existing studio. And then uh, for uh, these these stories, uh, Disney, I mean, Disney builds these properties uh, in order to, I mean, well, not in order to, but as a result of these original stories, they can you know, expand their mm. parks, their, um, uh, all their other ways of raising funds, uh, you know, uh, books, coloring books and action figures and, you know, all the typical stuff. And also G rated films, there's, there's a specific audience for, you know, G and PG rated animated films mm. in theaters. So they tend to make a lot of money purely by default. Um, parents looking for entertainment for their kids well i think i think that, i think that's a good segue into what's a tentpole movie we talk about all these blockbusters but what's a tentpole right. movie a tentpole movie per my definition and i don't you can agree or disagree is a close to a surefire hit that can be reasonably be predicted by such things as similar films talent release date theme and audience and guarantee you all those disney movies well the top four are buena vista which are disney distributed um Guaranteed tentpole films. I mean, do you agree with that? Um, I mean, so I mean, would you consider Zootopia a tentpole film? Um, I would, I would, I would. Yes, now I would. Um, okay. simply because again, it's similar films to Disney animation is trying to imitate Pixar animation because they're not owned by each other anymore. So Disney is trying to be do Pixar. 2.0 even though they're not going to they're trying to um the talent involved with this movie i mean um jason bateman they i think they, they pushed him like nothing else and i don't i don't know who did the bunny i i, I don't know who did the bunny it was released when was when was this you sounded so you sounded so I, sad about I, that i don't know i, I don't ca- i don't care for zootopia that's my problem i did not like zootopia Oh, um, Jennifer Goodwin was it? Idris Elba again yes. in this movie. J.K. Simmons. Um, they, they had a lot of great actors and voice actors behind their movie. So I think yes, they knew what they were doing when they did it. They released it. How could you leave out Tommy <laughs> Chong and Shakira? That's what I understand. Because <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the absolute worst. <laughs> the release date was March. There was no competition for this movie in March. I think uh, the biggest thing they had to compete against was Batman v Superman, and I think a lot of parents were taking their kids to this movie over Batman, to be honest. Sure. So that also takes over the audience, and the theme is, you know, you know, don't give up on yourself, believe in who you are, and don't let people tell you. So I think this movie was picked as a tentpole movie because it used to come down to seasons, um, like. That's, you know, we have the summer movie season, right? And the awards movie season, which is winter. 
So I don't think they do that anymore. I think temples again, they temples have to generate around one billion dollars in global box office receipts off production and PA budgets. Um, they they have to be exhibited be able to exhibit it all year long. And I think this is an example of that. You put it in March, it's not quite summer, and, and it's gonna make a lot of money because they believed in it and, and thought it was gonna be a temple film. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean their their faith in it was was definitely well yeah, founded. Uh, um, and, and, no, sorry, and, and that that just shows how Disney Disney there used to be film seasons, but Disney has kind of ruined that because they can put a movie out any month of the year and it's going to be a hit now. Whether it's Disney, Pixar, Marvel, whichever property they want to choose from, if they put out a movie, it's going to be a hit. So I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean it, it certainly seems that way. So I mean now that we've defined a, a number one uh, a number of these. Uh, a number of these terms that are used in summer films um, as far as blockbusters. Let's, yeah. let's start to try to tackle our original, original question. <laughs> What's it doing? And, and that is, yeah, it, it, our tentpole movies, our blockbusters, are these sort of films hurting the general film market, I guess. Uh, is, is, that, is that what you were Yeah, so... Uh, I, the way I think of it is, when is the last time you got to sit down and watch uh, an art house film, Patrick, in a theater? In a mm-hmm. theater? Um, I mean, it, it has been a couple weeks, but I'm probably not the typical consumer. Okay, that's fine. Still, it's been a couple weeks. I have not been to yes. one. Do you consider The Hateful Eight an art house film? Okay. Uh, no, not at the only reason point. I asked that is because it was shown in limited theaters here. Um, not every theater had it. Uh, let's go back a little farther then. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's it's still under the the Miramax umbrella, right? I mean, is Miramax Miramax isn't indie, right? right? No, I mean, I, I don't care. What, I mean, what umbrella is like? I think it it's gonna have to go back to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Is the last time I feel like I watched a, a smaller film, a smaller release film. Okay, that's quite. A, it was it's twenty. It was twenty fourteen, and I think the problem is like, I want to go see all these sequels. I want to go see all these reboots. Hell, I'm gonna. I haven't done this in forever. I have a Ghostbusters high C can right here, Patrick. The merchandising is too much. Like, I'm gonna drink this. I'm gonna open this right here on the air. I'm gonna drink this Ghostbusters high C only in theaters can. I I I can't find a theater near me at least very frequently that I can sit down and go watch a movie that is not, you know, one of these blockbusters or temples. That's not a sequel or a reboot or, you know, based off a book series. So, sure. um, I, and I'm going to say something in response to that, that might be a surprise to you. Hit me with um, it. I, I, I think they might be hurting the general film market, but I don't know that that is the fault of these production okay. companies, um, I think I think the theater experience is getting more expensive, and that there are certain movies that you just don't care to see in a theater atmosphere. Um, on demand is way easier than it ever has been, um, in, including oh. you know like all sorts of streaming uh, uh, methods is. And Redbox, you know, Netflix, whatever else. So the movie that doesn't require the theater experience will be the movie that you don't 
require yourself to see in mm-hmm. theaters. Um, so uh, since the theater experience is so expensive, which I guess might be the fault of some of these companies, I, I suppose that much uh, may be true. But since that experience is so expensive, uh, the consumer is maybe not discerning about the movies that they go see, but they definitely want something that they can um, that they can bet that they will get their money's worth. Essentially, um, you know, whether it is a distraction for the kids for an afternoon in Zootopia and Secret Life of Pets, or whether it's a a film that's full of uh, action. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, with characters that that they recognize uh, from earlier series. I mean, Captain America is the the tent pole of all tent poles, uh, or yeah. whatever the blockbuster it's- of all blockbusters for this summer. Because if you are an Iron Man fan, or you know, just a fan of the movie Avengers, or you know, any one of the that. Um, superhero movies that were under uh, Disney's Marvel umbrella, you will probably go see this film. Or if you just want to see the general action movie of the summer, you were probably going to go see this film. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I I, I, I think you're right. You're, you're very right because I didn't think about any of the movies I watched at home um, when it comes to not big like blockbusters or temples, uh, watching the I remember watching the Revenant um, from this past Oscar season. Um, Mad right. Max Fury Road I did see in theaters. I don't know if you count that. I'm just kind of looking at the Oscar list here, kind of going off this because Oscars sure. Oscar movies kind of I don't go nearly as much during Oscar season. Um, I don't know if it's just because I can't get I, I I don't mind going alone, but I do like to take people to the movies. I like to help people experience new films. But trying to get someone to go and watch, you know, The Martian or The Revenant or, or you know, any of these movies that came out, you know, last last fall, like it's like pulling teeth with people because they want to go see those popcorn movies where they just go in, unplug, consume, and walk out. Uh, but I did sure. forget. I did get to watch a lot of these, you know, The Martian. I actually, we actually watched The Martian. I think on Thanksgiving or Christmas at my parents' house, like as like a big group family. Which is you know an interesting kind of kind of way to think about it, but but we did. So I, I definitely forgot to include those because I, I I don't know I like the cinema experience, but you're right, it is expensive. It's hard to do, and you know with the advent of theaters with recliners in them, like what's the point? Like <laughs> like yes, we point? get to go sit in a recliner and watch a movie, but we could do that at home just as just as well. Um, right. I also hate being distracted during movies. I don't know. It might be from film class. I mean, uh, thinking back, you know, to one of our professors, uh, Lance, you know, you can't cross your arms in class. I, I, I can't cross my arms in, in person anymore either. Like when I'm sitting here or when I'm watching a movie because it's a closed personality trait, uh, watching movies. I want to watch and, and I take mental notes rather than writing them down. But like, I don't know if it's just <laughs> taking those classes messed me up or what, but, uh, I can't. I can't do the recliners or the ones where they bring the food to your table while you're like waiting. Oh my gosh! I can't. I can't even, dude. No. See, lucky, lucky for me, uh, my wife and I are open to. We're both open to just about seeing almost any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the theaters or at home or both. I. I okay, just just both. Checking. Like, yeah. I mean, if if now. 
granted, if it's a movie that neither one of us have much interest in, we're not going to just voluntarily, uh, you know, drop thirty bucks plus to to go see it mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and I say thirty bucks plus because she is a popcorn <laughs> person. So, it. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we're not going to drop thirty bucks to go see it. Uh, if it's a movie that neither one of us have interest in it, but if she's if she, it's really easy to talk me into going to the theater. If she is like, hey, let's go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, you know, I'm I'm down for that, and same uh, vice versa. So we do find ourselves at the occasional indie movie, but those blockbusters still almost always draw us in. Um, uh, I did find this statistic that I found kind of interesting. Um, now, a lot of a lot of like the common the common uh, theory is that uh, these large uh, distributor companies uh, release these blockbuster films, and they will tell you that as a result of the profits from those films, that's what finances some of the. Yeah, and that's movies. where the the phrase "tent pole" um, comes from, because it's like a circus tent. The one pole holds up the whole tarp for everybody else, and that's why all the other ones get made. So there we go. Right. So we didn't discuss um, that earlier, but, but I according to, to that was a perfect spot for it. According to the numbers dot com, um, they report that uh, the growing trend of costs, uh, operational costs, has caused studios to reduce the numbers and types of movies made. Um, oh, and then according to the MPAA, seven hundred and eight films were released. Uh, in uh, 2016, or have been released so far in 2000, or <laughs> no, sorry, the statistic is from 2015. My mistake. 708 films were released in 2015, and that was a 24% decrease from a decade ago. So 25% less films uh, universally or globally last year. Y- yes. Uh, yeah, all across the board. Hmm. Um, See. Well, I don't know if that's globally because it's only movies that the MPAA would rate. So, would that be all global releases? Well, that also that also sounds Definitely like domestic, domestic but, but also sounds a lot of VODs, video on demands. Because okay. I mean, if if sure. I just look at box office, you know, Mojo, like there's only 300, um, you know, in the the box office this year or 299, and you know, a lot of those are foreign films. So. Um, so I assume okay. it's probably to get to 700, it's foreign or it's video on demands that were rated by the MPAA as well. That's a lot. It's a lot of movies. Either yeah, way, so- I mean, the, the way I'm looking at is, I mean, I I did hear some news that Warner Brothers is restructuring theirs to only focus on tent poles and not do any small films anymore. So they got their Harry Potter franchises, their DC franchises. What else does Warner Brother do? Um, I can't even I can't even think about it off the top of my head here, um, but I believe that uh, what is it uh, the Legendary Pictures division of um, oh what is the name of the company that the one that does uh, Hunger Games I believe oh, is that I I don't know um, I mean um, Warner Brothers has several well known franchises that we know or at least properties that we know no but what I was gonna say is I, I think that that company is doing this kind of moving mm-hmm. the same direction i can't remember the name of the company though um where they they're only doing temple or not temple, blockbusters uh-huh. and uh horror films essentially. okay 
um, because the, those are the only ones that they find that are worth their investment. Yeah, I mean, looking at you know Warner Brothers top twenty five here, uh, Batman movies, Harry Potter movies, the Hobbit movies. Um, I don't think they have Lord of the Rings. I don't see Lord of the Rings on here, but the uh, Hobbit movies, the Lego movie. I mean, they're all that's all that is in the twenty five. So I, I I'm sad to see these larger studios go that way. But how hard is it to make an indie film these days? I mean, you could film one on your phone, I guess, if you had the gumption to do so. I guess just finding making a good one and finding a distributor would be the tough part. Oh, well, I think that I think the general problem with indie films or making an indie film, um, if you speak about it uh, in very general terms, is that an indie film is not one that can be described. Uh, quickly, succinctly, okay. they're harder to sell. They're harder to uh, explain to you know to to the general consumer as well as to the people that were providing the money to to make this film. So um, that's I mean that's probably a, a lot to do with the difficulty in making it. Like if if I if I go up to you and you're an investor in a movie and you're I'm just like, hey, I want to make another uh, Hulk hmm. movie, and in this one, he smashes a bunch of shit. Sold. And <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, uh, yeah, that's going to release June 7th of next year, and um, it is going to make us 700 million dollars. Okay. Uh, easy. Um, let's get one uh, male actor and tell him to start beefing up, and then we're done. But if I had to describe um, Swiss know, Swiss Army Man, about, tell me about Swiss Army Man. Right. <laughs> yes, that is that is not the movie that uh, the studio is is going to want to make and invest a lot of time and money and effort into um, when they know that the other movie uh, with with a decent amount of investment ahead of time, especially in terms of uh, in terms of advertising. Uh, is is going to make them uh, several million? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a problem, but it's not a problem because I mean, I'm looking at Swiss Army Man. Its uh, distributor is a company called A24. I've never heard of A24, but they have s- several movies in okay. the f- under five million range. Um, you know, I see Midnight Special. Midnight Special was a Warner Brothers release. Didn't know that. Uh, we talked about that last week. Um, there's that. There was another movie I thought that came out. Uh, Sing Street was was a popular one this year, like an indie film, I think, um, by the Weinstein Company, who I think they own something else too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the point is I'm trying to make here, but I need to watch more of these lower budget films. I think I think probably what I took away most from all all my research here was that these blockbuster films um and the the tentpole movies they're not they're not a bad thing but uh what can be a bad thing is if they cause the uh limited releases of of the other movies in the studio like if too much if too much of a budget or too much of the resources are being pushed towards these movies or if they uh, create stagnation in terms of creativity, um, which they can do. Um, uh, for example, uh, 
Uh, do you know how many superhero movies are expected to be released over the next five years so far? I mean, there will probably be more that, will, that are announced. <laughs> I have I have a list, but yes, none of them are set in stone, and um, but it's well over twenty. Yeah, it's it's thirty. It's thirty superhero yeah. movies are expected to be released over the next five years, and that we know of. Right, probably more to be announced. <laughs> so I I just I don't want it to create stagnation in terms of creativity or uh, stagnation in terms of just the general movies that get a thumbs up that will get a release mm-hmm. from a studio. Um, and it seems like they're starting to do that, or at least they have in the past few years, you know, a 24% drop over a decade is not, I mean, that's, that's pretty substantial. So it, it, it can be worrisome, I suppose. So I, I agree with you. I think looking into this, um, you know, blockbusters, tent poles, they're going to get my money. But you're right. I don't want them to take away from other options out there. Um, I, there are movies I do want to see in theaters, like you know, I or I guess I want to see um, examples being like we talked about uh, Swiss Army Man. I kind of want to watch that. Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, another smaller movie, and I'm, I'm glad we have those options still. But I hope those those numbers don't dwindle. Right, and, and we we get you know the only thing you can see in the theaters are the blockbusters or temples. I saw uh, a quote um, during my research. I wish I had saved it, but um, I can remember the generalities of it. Um, Steven Spielberg said back in 2013 that he uh, he was gonna he was basically predicting a crash of this sort of system, um, mm-hmm. saying that some studio is going to green light, you know, three uh, 250 million dollar plus budget movies in the same year, which is not unheard of. Um, or at least there, we have several studios that, that get close to that nowadays and that all three will bomb. And if, if that ever happens, then that studio would be closing its doors. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. So Spielberg talked about that in, uh, in 2013, but I mean, like I, like I said, when we were looking through that list of the, the top 40, uh, highest grossing movies of all time, you know, only two of them were what I would consider failures. Um, I guess the, the scary part is when uh, when studios do green light. Oh my gosh! What the hell? Okay, so I heard, but you you we were looking through the list of the top forty. Yes. Yeah, so so when you're looking through the list of the the top forty. Uh, of the uh, highest uh, budgeted films of all time, this, the scary part is that uh, you know only two of those movies did not make any or did not you mm. know make their money back. Um, so only two of them were considered failures. But then you look at um, I guess a, a movie that was hopefully going to be a blockbuster for a studio, and they had a strong leading man. They had uh, an original script that was, uh, but that was based on a decent existing intellectual property. They had a strong director from a uh, big production company, um, you know, the biggest in the world, Disney, and that movie, uh, you know, failed miserably, probably because it was an original idea and not a sequel, and that was Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. So. 
uh, it's it's a scary thought when even the that move that movie sucked too though. <laughs> I, well, okay, yes, but <laughs> that that dug its own hole. Okay, I agree. I continue. I'm but sorry. When, when you're talking about when you know when both of us agree that we can handle blockbusters as long as the blockbusters try original ideas, those original ideas aren't being rewarded by these by these companies uh, most of the time. So the studio is going to stop taking chances on those and we're just going to get more and more sequels until until the market busts until the uh, mm-hmm. consumers don't want to do it anymore Editing this is gonna suck. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I, I. So you. I heard your last point about you know um, until consumers don't want anymore. So let's just let's go ahead and wrap it up. I think. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, okay. I, I don't think that that I I knew that we were disconnected, but I kept going. So I don't think that that one is gonna be that hard for you to edit. Okay. Uh, what do you say at the end of that? Uh, consumers don't want to do it anymore. That. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah. Basically talking so, about I mean, the bust of, of the market, kind of. Yeah, and I, I think we might start seeing some of that tip in the next year or two. And But, but we'll keep our eyes on it and keep our fingers crossed because uh, I definitely don't want to see the film market crash. You? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Uh, and, and again, you know, this, we didn't talk a lot about it now, but video on demand, uh, streaming on demand, I think that opens up a whole new world of stuff, too. Um, definitely, you know, made for Netflix movies and shows or, or, or stuff like that are out there. And I'm... I'm willing to watch those, so so maybe we can we can talk about that at a later date yep. as well. But um, sorry to anybody that listens to this because those numbers are even harder to find in terms of <laughs> profit and that sort of stuff. So we we couldn't really bring those into this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I mean that that that's it for the show. We kind of talked all our research out a little bit here, and uh, um, you know if you guys have any thoughts or ideas, you know, email us at filmsidechats at gmail.com and uh, you know in the meantime you know, we're now on iTunes Patrick I know I sent you the link Woo. but we are we are officially in iTunes so that means we're a real podcast now we're real feel like and, a real podcast like a real boy Okay, I heard you say feel like a real podcast now. Mm-hmm. That's all I said. Okay, okay, great. We'll just pick up from there. Um, and also, we apologize for any uh, glitches in the audio stream <laughs> that you might hear today because the Skype decides it wants to disconnect every five minutes here at the end. If if we even make it five minutes, no, it hasn't been five. This this call has only been eight minutes. And we've disconnected three times. So, yeah. yep, we are having quite quite the show. Uh, but yeah, any anywhere else, uh, anything else you want to talk about, Patrick? Anywhere people follow you? Anything like that? No. No. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear any sort of input that that people have on this. So the the email at filmsidechats uh, gmail dot com would uh, yep would be sufficient. Yep. And if you want to hear me uh, rant or you know fill you in on news on superhero movie news, 
Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, Superhero Slate, and um, we have spoiler casts of a lot of the blockbusters or tentpoles this summer. Uh, a lot of episodes where I'm drinking high C uh, Ghostbusters, so you can go listen to those if you want to. Listen to this, crack those cans open. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, uh, we don't have a topic to prepare you for for next time just yet, but we will be coming in episode four with something else talking about movies. So we'll see you next time, guys. Later. <laughs>